Let's go back to Malachim Bey's Perik Tezvav, Pasiches. We finished the life of Uziel Amelech. Again, we always like starting off with the good news. He goes down in history as one of the better kings and does a tshuva in the base Kfaris the rest of his life. His son Yesim, first very behind the scenes and then actually becomes king. Yesim goes down in history as one of the greatest tzaddikim that can hold up the world and generates chusim, mishesim, ebereshes, and be as gold tzaddik. And we know very little about him, which means you don't have to be splashy to get credit. That's an important thing in life in today's uh, general age of PR and the like. The fact is that Uzio made a, a very big mistake. We explained last week based on his lack of focus on his learning and his involvement in land acquisition, development, and conquering, which the beginning of his reign was really part of the uh, king's job, but he got a little bit too much into it. And because of that, it affected his learning, and to the extent that he convinced himself that Azar Akar of Yumas does not apply to the king, as he made his uh, pretty misplaced, horrible Gezei uh, Roshava, that I'm a, I'm a yachid, and Akash Baruch is a yachid, and who is better to serve the Melech Malachim and Malachim than me? Well, the answer is even a kind Hedget who's new on the job is better to serve than him. Uh, kind Gadol, certainly better to serve, and he's in the wrong Shevet. Again, he did tshuva, and he will be referred to, as we continue in the uh, Welcome to come as one of the Malchay uh, Tzadikim of Yehuda. That's the good news. The bad news is the next part of the parak is going to be pl- probably the bloodiest uh, run in all of Malachim, possibly in all of Navi. I see bloodiest, not uh, we have other parts of Navi where the Gaim are killing Yidin by the Churban. Over here we have a very quick succession of a number of assassinations extremely rare in Klai Yisrael, I'm happy to report. By the Romans, a couple of emperors had a, a decent run. There were tkufas where every single day or every single month there was somebody assassinating somebody and pretending to uh, be an heir to the throne. Oddly enough, it strikes us as almost humorous, but it's actually very, very serious that people who would often show up and claim to be the emperor or the son of the emperor, without pictures, it's very hard to dispute that. And whoever wanted to dispute it had to fight, which was Maisim B'chayim. And the general, Baruch Hashem, it's hard for us to imagine a life where the entire purpose is fighting and killing and contention, revolts, revolutions. But that's the way it was. Pretty foreign to Yidin and to Klai Yisrael. Over here, just a sign of the times, we're spiraling out of control in Yisrael, in the Assessor Shvatim, toward Echorban, first toward Agolis. Says the Shvatim are going to get lost. And then uh, the Chorban is going to be in Yehuda, but we have actually a couple of very nice uh, spikes in the graph, if I can call it, of upward mobility in terms of the tzitkus and the rejuvenation in Yehuda. We're not going to have that in Yisrael. So I just want to brace you for what's to come. It's uh, going to sound very messy because it is, but it's an aberration. We don't, since the Chorban, we have, quote-unquote, elected Agadalim without an election process, and we have had a way of governing, of self-governing, without bloody coups and without uh, war, 
That's the godless Akai. So the reason we're still here is because we know our leaders and we have a Messiah and we don't have to have an election process for that. Uh, that's the godless. Uh, as soon as you have a society where the disagreement is there, which is not the problem, you could disagree, then it leads to a bloodshed. We, we have in America, since the advent of democracy, a, a very, very wonderful situation, which uh, for Jews, it's, it's gewaldic. If you're, if you're from and they leave you alone and you could do mitzvahs and learn, then it's the best of all scenarios in a gullah's condition. Uh, what has been good for the Goyim since... Uh, just 1776, I mean, the war, Revolutionary War continued for a while, but we were fighting the British, not each other, for the most part. <laughs> the Tories already had been driven out of town. Uh, there were plenty of them, by the way, but uh, they had a nice run until the Civil War. Civil War was pretty bad. And Baruch Hashem, it lasted, uh, I'd like to say it lasted only five years, but it didn't because the Reconstruction part was uh, pretty bloody as well until they finally realized we were serious we, I mean the Union. Anybody here south of the Mason-Dixon line, I apologize. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's like Maryland. That's not so far. Uh, so, uh, uh, but we, uh, we had quite a struggle even after the war ended to uh, put the people who lost in their place because they figured, okay, it's a temporary lull and um, we're going to continue fighting. And they, they made life miserable for a lot of people. But Lemaise, it ended. So it's a decade later. And Baruch Hashem, in terms of an election process, till uh, last week, it's been pretty peaceful. Um, last week, as you have noticed, is uh, I think the first time. I mean, you have an assassination of a president here and there. When's the last time somebody started shooting at congressmen? That's not a very... What? What happened five years ago? No, that was one. Okay. One too many. Okay. Okay. But that, that was not a shooting spree. I mean, one person was seriously uh, critically injured. Yeah. Two other congressmen? Two other people who are standing next to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's twice in a decade. That's not very... Uh, that doesn't bode well for, uh, for what's going on, and we hope uh, that's the extent of it. If you lived 100 years ago in Europe or 200 years ago, 300 years ago, anywhere in the world, this was Meissen B'chalyem. So we have to, in the, in the tragedy of it uh, and the uh, frightful situation, you have to thank HaKosh Baruch every day that this isn't the norm and that people uh, understand that's not really supposed to be part of the election process. So again, by Goyim it was standard. Now in our country it's not. We hope it stays that way. By the Eden it was never standard. It won't become standard. At this particular point in time, it is, and we're going to start uh, seeing it right now. Let's go to Pasuk Ches. Bishnas Shleishem Mishman Ashana Lazaria Melech Yehuda. Malach Zachariyo Ben Yeravam Ayisrael B'Shemem Shisha Chadashim. The only one shorter than this, we had one by the Shaftim of seven days. Seven days, but uh, that he wasn't a king, and there was a reason for that. There's a reason for everything. Six months. It's like, uh, it takes that long to choose your cabinet. And the Radak has a very fascinating comment. Take a look at the Radak on Pasigid Bays for a moment. Actually, you know, we'll read to Yid Bays and I'll see the Radak. Because the Pasig's going to explain part of it. Uh, six months. That's always the refrain. They don't really fix the inherent problems of not stop getting rid of the Baal, which they did, but getting rid of all of Adazars, including the Agolam, which Yerav Minavot 
gave a texture step along, which is why it's so difficult to get rid of. Uh, he continued the Avodah Zarah, and he didn't fix up what Yerav Menavot did, and therefore things continue to go downhill. The Yikshar Alav, Yikshar means it was a revolution, revolt, Shalom ben Yavesh v'yakeo kabal am. This is also a first, unfortunately. You know, they assassinated him, but it wasn't a quiet poisoning or anything like that. It was uh, a very public uh, Misa. And uh, the people, the more violence you see, the more society will become susceptible for violence in kind. And if you're going to have to assassinate somebody, it's always better to do it as quietly as you can, both for your protection, but also that it shouldn't become a violent society. So Kabbalah is put here in the Pusik for a reason. Not going to be put here. They had their own private diary. They had the Chronicles of the King. Nothing good to write about, so we're not going to discuss it. Who? Devar Hashem. Here's the important part. Why did he reign six months? Six months is Kamat uh, Arain, a Malucha that doesn't get off the ground. So then, in the uh, divine plan, why was he king in the first place? Remember Yehu. Yehu started off as a tzaddik. He was given divine mandate to get rid of the old malucha that were steeped in Avodah And he did it, did an excellent job, got rid of Izevel and all the descendants of Achav. And it was um, unbelievable what a thorough job he did. And then he went downhill and his son was worse and it's now the fourth generation. There was an avua that for his schar, for people will sit on the throne. This Zechariah was the fourth. So he had to be king. He wasn't worthy, they weren't worthy, the family wasn't worthy. So he was king, almost like to be Yetzirah. He was king. The Pesach says that the the Badak is going to spell it out even more. This is a kiyam of the Nevoah. Take a look at the Radak in your base. You see it? Who dvar Hashem Asher Diber Milas Who Taima Lamala V'Yemesayel V'Yemlach Tachtov Why he was assassinated? Why his reign was so short? Yemlach Tachtov Asher Diber Hashem V'Kivin Shamalach Rav Omaad Whether his reign was long or short? K'farnes Kaim Dvar Hashem V'Husba Meluchal Achem It was taken away and given to a different family. K'hema Yerusham Kulam. Had they been good, they would have kept it and it would have been a nice long reign. Really, it should have ended earlier, a generation or two earlier. To know that the Nevoah was Makuyim. Remember, we had the Rabbi Yankee who discusses what the four generations was, was it started from him, not started from him, but whatever the king of the Nevoah was over here, the people saw it and they understood that he was king and the fact that he wasn't king for long is irrelevant. The Nevoah was Makuyim. So the Dvar Hashem will be Makuyim. The question always is, uh, how do you want it? I hate to compare Lahavdalalaf Avdalus, the Shtalshus Advarman history, to a Big Mac, that's probably the most bizarre comparison you're ever going to hear from me. Lahavdal, uh, Alfavdal, and a few more. But in America, you know, we're used to the expression, how do you want it? So you can order whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can think whatever you want. You have full Bechira. Lamaisa, whatever happens is going to be a fulfillment of the Dvar Hashem. The question is, do you want it the easy way? Do you want it the hard way? Do you want it the nice way, the painful way? 
There's a over here. There's going to be a king on the throne, and if he's rotten to the core, he's not going to stay very long. But the Navua will be Mequim. And uh, it all depends on uh, who the players are. Let's go to the next Pasuk. Yudgimel, Shalom and Yavish, Mala Bishnas, Shleishim, Betesha, Shalom, Luzia, Melch Yehuda, Yimloch, Yerach, Yamim, Bishamram. Now it gets even worse. Before you, you thought it couldn't get any worse. Well, the only thing worse than six months is a month. Now, that's a question of, uh, forget the cabinet, he didn't even have time to uh, make himself comfortable. Pasuk Yedal, Vayal, Menachem, Ben Godi, Mitirza, Vayabah, Shama, Vayacha, Shalom, Ben Yavish, Beshama, Vayimasel, Vayimach, Tachtov, Vyesa, Divay, Shalom, Vakishra, Shakasha, Inam, Ksuv, Malsefa, Divay, Yalam, Achi, Yisrael. This is almost dizzying. Tezayin. Oz, Yakam, Menachem, Es, Tifsa, Ves, Kol, Asher, Bav, Es, Gula, Mitirza, Kila, Pasach. Vayach, Es, Kol, Harasa, Bikel. Now, the, the battle he's going to fight over here. He's fighting against Tisach, and it says over here, he wipes it out, Kilo Pasach. And you know what? Before we get into the strategy, or lack thereof, of this battle, I want to go to the Maramakam. So we're going we're to save this for next week or the week after. Uh, first of all, refer to your sheets. If you didn't take one, take the chart. I'll take one also. Just, uh, this is going to go very quickly, unfortunately, so I want to at least show you where we're holding in the Malchi Yisrael. We never um, did this before, but in a period of a minute and a half, we went through three kings, which uh, is never going to repeat itself. Look at number uh, 14. We have 13. We finished with Yeruvim. He had a pretty long reign. And that was one of the last chances to uh, do tshuva, although it's not over till it's over. Plus, uh, look at number 14, Zechariah ben Yeruvim, Narega de Shalom. And then 15, Shalom ben Yavish, Narega de Menachem. 16, Menachem ben and 17 is going to be Pekach Ben Menachem Nereg Pekach So This is going to go in very quick succession I want to have more bad news than necessary in one week So we'll stop here But the steady stream of assassination is going to continue I want to go to Show you something very fascinating From the Satmarov In Divrayol So uh, hold on to your sheets for next week Or we'll give it back at the end And take your second sheet I'll show you a very interesting Kiddush which he develops. <coughs> uh, first go to the Gemara uh, Sanhedrin, Perikon Godel. The little Chazara, we saw this, must have been pretty recent within the last three, four years. So if it doesn't look familiar, or if it does, we'll have a quick Chazara, because it's very Nagat to what the Divrayel is going to bring out. This is the Vayel Meisha. And uh, unfortunately, very contemporary. Uh, the the uh, over here, Perik Angola, deals with uh, government, Kuna Malchus. Uh, this mission over here, which we have referred to many times because it's one of the key Maimachemis in the design of government and Malchus and the powers and the checks and balances and the like. And the Mishnah says the Melech can do many things, and he has a chiv to do this as part of his job description. He can make a highway through your living room. Question when, in war or even in peace. Pashtas in war. When they win the battle, he gets the booty, uh, gets first pick. He gets half, and the army and the people get the other half. Skip down three lines into the Gemara. We have a 
not Stama major machlekes. This is uh, the machlekes of record of defining the rights and privileges and powers of the king. It's quite a machlekes. Amrab Yuda Amashmol, first one line. Amrab Yuda Amashmol, note the name here is Shmuel. Shmuel Zashita in all of Shas, it says Dina Machus Dina, and some say this is the Makara, this is Shmuel Lashitasai. So, Shaila, what the source of Dina Machus Dina is, is that the rice is that the Rabbanon, many holds the rice, and many holds from this Pasuk, that just like the Melech Yisrael gets these powers, so too is not a Dina in the Melech Yisrael, it's a Dina in any government. So, Shmuel Lashitasai, Amar Abiyuda, Amar Shmuel, Kal Amar Parshas Melech, Melech Mutaba, if you remember, when they asked for a king. Before Shaul was yet king, Shmuel and Avi gave them Musa, what do you want a king? Hashem is your king. And you're trying to move away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You don't like living al Derech Neis, which was all true. It wasn't time to get a king yet. There's a mitzvah to have a king when the time comes. It wasn't time yet. They asked, Hashem said, okay, we'll give him a king from the wrong shevet, just as a trial. And the Shaul was under tremendous pressure and disadvantage because he knew and they knew it was the wrong shevet. So remember, we saw the Rambam holds that in the best case scenario, had he been perfect, he was near perfect, he would have been vice king, prime minister, president. King was going to go to Yehuda. Yehuda. We knew that. So, you know, they asked at the wrong time and in the wrong way, and after the Muslim Shmuel told them, and by the way, why do you want a king? He's going to take your kids into the army and take your daughters into the uh, press them into servitude and they're going to have to serve and pay tax and a whole long list of things. So here, the Gemara's Machlech is Rav and Shmuel. This list, is it real? Is it mutter to do all these things? Are these the powers of the king? Or just said to scare them, scare them at that point to, to maybe retracting their request and then scaring them if they have a king to have Amos Amalchus that the king has power. Not this much power, but in general has power. So Shmuel says, This is an actual finite list and it's all true. Which means he can't really do all these things. He has to be able to do some of them because the king has some power. And Rav admits to that. The Gemara never goes through what Rav holds because we pass them like Shmuel. I'm pointing that out for a reason. You'll see soon why. Rav doesn't hold the king has no powers. He can't be king if you don't, can't command uh, an army and a private guard and charge taxes. I can't be a machlekes. The machlekes of Shmuel is to the extent of what the king can do. Is, it, is the pasuk literal or is the list a little bit exaggerated on purpose to scare them? The reason I say that is because Rav holds that even if, and I'll show you this in Tesis, Rav probably holds that even if you can't do all the things mentioned in the pasuk over there, even if you're a king that's appointed and you're not from Shevi Yehuda, you still have a din of a king. And that's very nogea for all the malachim. Most of the kings we're dealing with, certainly on Yisrael's side, had no direct mandate, or did they? Did they have a status of a king? So from the Gemara, you can't tell, but the Gemara is talking about a king. It doesn't say which one. And the original one was Shaul, and he wasn't Shev Yehudi either. So you can't really tell. Uh, the reason I'm starting off with this Machlech is Rav and Shmuel to remind you is as we get into taste, this will become no guy. Yes? Yes, that's exactly. Could they lie him? Well, that's it's right. interesting. Shilas, was it only a threat? Power can get out of hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree. This line, the Gemara says, "Could they lie him? You would think means to scare them out of their request that so they should retract. But the next line is Shanama sent to Simulakamelach Tay Mosalach. It sounds like the regular din of king that once they're getting a king already, they have to know to have Amos Hamalchus. 
Later on in the Gemara, there's a, it sounds a little bit that he was trying to talk them out of it. It could be a little of both. So what you're adding is that a third possibility, which is also true, is that they have to have Amos HaMelech, and he wanted to talk them out of it now, but they also should know that whether or not he has to stop over here, he's going to go further if he's not a tzaddik, and that's dangerous, although Shaul was a tzaddik. But yes, I think, I think they're all true. Take a look at Tesis. Tesis asks a famous kasha, Melech Mutabai. Tema, lama nenash achav. Achav ended up being a pretty big Russia with a couple of uh, tkufas of tshuva. One major one, Melio Anavi, right on the right act, and uh, he did tshuva on Har Karma, which we'll get to when we get to the Satmarov's piece. It was short-lived, but he did. He allowed Elio Anavi to kill the Raviyah Baal. He could have stopped him, could have tried to stop him. He didn't. And when they all said Hashem Elohim, it sounds like Achav joined them in that short, uh, short tshuva movement. We also know that at the end of his life, he stood up, even though he's wounded in battle, so Kaisal shouldn't get uh, killed more than they had to in the uh, defeat. That doesn't mean the tshuva, that just means he was a man and he was a capable leader. Uh, he goes down in history, according to most uh, Mepharshim, as a pretty big Russia. And certainly during his reign, he was a chaytiyamachtiyas arabim. You could blame it more in Izevel, not in Izevel. I would mention to the husbands over here, although it's not a gay to you, but you're all married to Nashim Tzedkanias, uh, some of which might be in a higher madrega. Um, you can't, if a spouse tells you to do something and it's wrong, you can't listen, whether it's the husband to the wife or the wife to the husband. So blaming Izevel is only going to get you so far, and uh, he should have gotten rid of her if they were married in the first place. I keep reminding you the jury's still out in my mind whether she was Jewish, which uh, some of us should say before she was not. The only problem is we have a lot of kings that weren't Jewish, which is a problem, unless they realized it and were Megaya later, which is a possibility, which we discussed. Tysus wants to know, Achav made a very simple request. He wanted a very beautiful vineyard right next door to him. And he asked Novus for the vineyard. And Novus said no. And then Izevel, with Achav's Hechshosh temple, had him killed. And then Achav was severely punished. As a matter of fact, Achav's final downfall was that of Eir. In Shammai, they didn't know what to do with him. He gave a lot of money to Terah, and he was an Ovid of Azar. And Terah, the Schuss of Terah, and Hachzachah Terah, so strong, believe it or not, it balanced it out. And he was deadlocked in Shemayim, and the straw that broke the camel's back was the murder of Novus. So Tesis wants to know, pretty important for, say, for Malachim, what was the problem? In the Parsha Melech, it talks about taking land and taking people and pressing them into service, and so why wasn't it mutter? That's the Kasha Tesis. Tema, Lama Nenash, Achav al Novus, Kimish had a right to take it. This Tesis. The Nafkaminas over here, Tezgi is a number of Teirutz, and the Nafkaminas over here for all of Navi is uh, huge. the We also have a Gemara that talks about David Amel, David Amel had a Shaila, and he was in the middle of a battle. He wants to know could he take some food for the animals? What's the Shaila? The Meloch is fighting a battle, the Meloch Paris together. He could take over land, take over food. Like, what, was the, what was the Hakira over there? He didn't even want to take it. Stam take it, he wanted to take it and then pay it back. And they were in the middle of a battle. So Tais wants to know what's going on. We Paskan like Shmuel Lachira, he's insinuating that, and Melech should have full control. So he's Melech, and whatever he says goes. Yesh Lamar. Terrace number one, the Parsha Melech Siv Yikav Anasalavadov. Tais says in the first terrace, it's true. He could take it for his government, for his Avadim. How that answers David Melech, I'm not sure, because he was feeding his animals, not because he was hungry. The animals were hungry, and you need animals to fight a battle. So I'm not exactly sure why that's not part of a government need. Second Territ says he could have taken it, it is within his powers. But he asked. 
אבל שישר אחש עם כלאי חשב נבש ושוש ביד אלוהים אלוהי אמקר. Very interesting. This tarot says, אנחנו it's מוטל לגמרי, but he asked. So נבש is wondering, why is he asking? He's king, he should take it. Must be he's asking as a private individual. I like your vineyard. Is it for sale? The answer is no. He, was asking, he thought he was asking as a private citizen. And then he killed him. Come back and say, I didn't like the answer. Now I'm asking you as king. He didn't do that. So the second terrorist hold is Mutala Gamri under any circumstances. Third terrorist holds he could have taken it as well. Not for Avodazar purposes. The Siv Ayulilaganyark, and that's not Mutakimila. You had me know that's Avodazar. And Miskatcha Mataran Alaganas, which is a reference to Avodazar. Vanaktan Territs won the Balitasis. Dana Mutarak Bisadis Habrachikim in a ear. Melech can take, but not the very, very expensive one, not prime real estate. You could take in the suburbs, unless the suburbs become prime real estate, but that wasn't the case then. To Lomaili Kokach, because you had to walk there, so it wasn't that valuable. Avokarim Novas Haya Eitzel Hechel Acha Bishayman, who's right next door in the capital. Prime, prime real estate, and that you're not allowed to take. Similar tariffs, Ide Shlamer, Dafka Bestay Mikna, Vestay Achuza, Shiarish Mavesav Loy. Stay Mikna, you could take, stay Achuza is. A family Yerusha, Mederi Deris Ad Yeshua Benun, and that he can't ask for. Kamashaheshev Novus, and that fits into the puzzle because Novus answered, Khalilali, Mitesi Nachalas Avaisai Loch. I can't give you the homestead of my parents, grandparents, and great grandparents. It wouldn't be right. Aidea Shlaimi has the Inami over here. The guest is Aidea Shlaimar. Now here's the one we need the most so far. Basically, all the Terutsim was saying the king has rights, either complete rights, but he needed it for something. Uh, like Avodazara, which wasn't right, or he asked the wrong way, or it was too expensive, but in essence, he has a right. This last tariff is completely different than all the other ones, and very nagat to us. This is very important. He says, the whole Parshas Amelach only applies to Amelach, who is in the following category, you've got to check off. Nimlach al Yisrael, which Achav was not, meaning V'Yehuda, meaning Yisrael, Sersashvatim, and Yehuda, Gantz Klai Yisrael. and it has to be mandated and ratified still. I say still, meaning not only the beginning, but he has to be a Melech Tzaddik who deserves to be in the throne, which Achav was not. So that's a problem. That means that come out all the kings we've had thus far, had, didn't have a din of a melech. So that's why I started with the Gemara. The Machalik's Rav Shmuel is, does he have the powers listed in the Pesach? Tesis is not necessarily saying, if I didn't have a Yerushalmi that I'm going to show you, I wouldn't necessarily say this. Sounds like, if you read this Gemara in this Tesis, it sounds like Achav and everybody we've been learning about in Malchi Yisrael, except for Yerob Menavat, who was told by the Navi to become king, until he went off, didn't have the right to be king, didn't have a din of melech. Not necessarily the case. That could be Pshat and Tesis. Already, Tzmachalikis, that means the first five Tewitzim disagreed. That's Tzmachalikis and Tesis, one second. Or, I'm suggesting, and I'll show you where I get this from, last Tewitz might hold that for this Shaila of Rav Shmuel, how much power he has, do we take the list in the Pusik? For that, it didn't have a dinner king, but it doesn't mean it didn't have a king at all. Nafkemina, we're going to discuss, is a king brings a special carbon in certain scenarios. It brings a sire as a king. Does he have a Din Melech to bring a sire? So we're going to see soon a Yerushalmi that says that the Malchi Yisrael had this din until, ironically enough, Yehu and his descendants, which is where we just stopped. This series of assassinations sounds like, you know, okay, we're in the middle of something. There's a major change that's going to happen right now. 
That just did happen. And I could say that, well, that's the machlekes, the various teruts and metesis. Maybe the first number of teruts didn't hold like the Yishami. Maybe the whole machlekes above the Yishami. That's one possibility. Or you could say that even less teruts hold, it's only a din on how much power he has based on the Pasuk by Shola Melech, but he still has the din Melech. That's going to make a very big nafkamina mikan laba starting from these assassinations. Because the last thing we had was that redact that the only kings that had a right to be on the throne were the descendants of Yehud that were promised for generations, and now we're finished with them. And the pellet to me, and remind me next week, we're going to, we're going to do the uh, Yel Moshe next week, Mitzvah Shem. Uh, the last line of Tesis is, V'gamlo Moloch Meis HaMokom. Achel wasn't a Melech on Gans Kaisel, and he wasn't a Melech Mesa Makam. Does that mean that he never had a mandate, or he lost it when he continued to be a Russian when he married Izevel? Interestingly enough, I found it to be a fascinating Chiddush, the Satan Rav's going to Taina that he had a mandate, and he just went off when he married Izevel, and that's when things went downhill and he never did Shuva. I wouldn't have read Taisus like that, but the Satan Rav has a Yerushalmi. That seems to indicate that. The question is, is it a Yerushalmi the Satan Rav is going to assume not so? So, if you lost me, I will Remind me, we're up to that. I'll, I'll do a quick Chazara on Tesis. We'll get to the Divayel. As the huge enough Kamina to Eretz Yisrael today, obviously, the Satmarov wrote this in the Maimar Shal Shvuas, which is all about Madinis Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael and the government, or lack thereof. And, um, and that's what we're going to get to. Yes? He certainly did whatever he wanted, and his and his and his, uh, his wife certainly did whatever she wanted. But no, he didn't. If you try to be miyashiv, that he uh, halachically felt, well, I'm not a king anyway; I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. It's, it goes in the opposite direction. If you don't, have a, you don't have a stat of a king, you should step down and 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 fix the problem. They needed a king. You can't be a king who's a Russia. That's going to be the Satmarov's discussion. You can't have a government with Rosharim. They don't have a status of a king. That's why the Satmarov is writing about this. And Shailas, does anybody disagree with that? It is, it is a discussion. It's, it's a heated debate. It has been for, since 1948. Uh, even Bidyevid, nobody likes it. Shailas, even Bidyevid doesn't have any status of a government. So what he's going to start off with is, is that people bring this ridiculous riot that Achav had a status of a king, and therefore uh, the people today are no worse than Achav. They're a little better. They're not doing Avodah Zarim. Shailas, whether they're not practicing, not bowing down to things. That's part of the discussion, and that's what he goes on. The, uh, I will uh, warn you in a positive way. The breathtaking Bikiyas and London's the Satmarov in Navi is Ayyam Venera. Whenever you see any of his works, forget everything else. Like, he's going to quote a, uh, a Rabag that quotes 24 reasons for something. He's going to quote reason number 12, and it just, you'll see. It's, and it just People know, a lot of people hear the Satmarov, and they just know, yeah, there's a Kanoi, this and that. Before you, before you even start reading any of the works, you have to know what a, what a Godel Batera we're talking about over here in Navi. <laughs> Talk about, and you wouldn't think, you know, Satmar Navi, you know, it's not to watch you. you know, that, but you'll see that, Mr. Shem, next week. Let's go to the Pele Yates. Uh, Ashag, you had a. Uh... Uh, does this explain the in between stages? So he David, when he was thrown off the throne by Absalom, his son, the Yishalmi says he didn't have a full status of Melch at that point, and he would have, Nafkamina Lagabi a Kurban, had he done something that would have been a Chiyav what Kurban would he bring? Because the Biskarov explains this that Tzvei Dinim and a king is the Bechir Hashem and the Bechir of the people. And he was still the Bechir Hashem, but at that point he was not. 
the one chosen by the people. The people rejected him and chose Avshalom. So he didn't have a full status of king. Now, when he was king in Hebron, he wasn't the king, is that you're referring to? He, for the first seven years, he wasn't the king of all of Klaisol either. That would make an Afkamina as well. Again, I, I'm suggesting that even the last Teres and Tesis might say there's only Legabi the Machlegs of Shmuel, whether the whole Parshish Melech applies. Not that he doesn't have a king at all, just like Rav himself doesn't say they didn't have the status of king, he just says the whole Parshish Melech doesn't apply. That's a big Nafkamina. So we'll see the Yushalmi and we'll see, you know, whether it's Machlegs in these Shittas and Tesis or it's Machlegs Bab in the Yushalmi, possibly. Elio ran before him and gave him tremendous covet after Har Carmel. The question is why. So that's what we're going to, Satmarov is going to discuss that. So um, just uh, bring, your, uh, bring your notes so you uh, take everything down next week very carefully and so it shouldn't be misquoted, although we have everything on video. Let's go to the Pelayets. We're in the middle of Avas, Abonavabonis. Yesterday we. So the second paragraph where he highlights the fact that you can't spoil them and you can't give in to everything. On the other hand, you have to sometimes look the other way and not see everything either. And that happy balance in between. And we spoke, uh, speaking of governments, about letting them know sometime before they start social studies and uh, other such uh, government uh, uh, studies that uh, we might live in a democracy, but the internal family unit is not a democracy and the kids can't outvote the parents, even if it's eight to two or six to two, or four to two, and uh, it's a theocracy or a constitutional monarchy, whichever one you want to pick, and the constitution is the Torah. That was the Chiddush from yesterday. The second to last, third to last paragraph, speaking of sensitive topics, uh, we have discussed what he's about to say over two or three years of Shavuos for about four hours at a shot, so we're not going to do justice to this now. Although everybody's going to get all excited. Obviously, the purpose of children, as he will say at the end, is to be Magadol, Shemit, Terah, Mitzvahs, to bring more soldiers in the Kosh Baruch Hu's army and to be Magdol, Kled, Shemayim. One of the best ways of doing that is through learning for the boys and to be uh, teaching girls to be Machshiv and uh, Machsik learning. And that's not something new invented in America. I'd like to remind people, Kailul wasn't invented in America, they had them in Europe. And in Europe, they couldn't even afford it. So the mere fact of Yenis and Ivishitz, a very, uh, if we haven't gone through that, I should bring it one truth or earlier. Yenis and Ivishitz complains. Yenis and Ivishitz lived in the time of Yaakov Emden. It was a long time ago. He complains that in his generation again, uh, back in his generation, there was a situation that was changing, which he cries about and complains about, that he said, when I grew up in the generation before, it was never pushed that everybody who would get married would sit and learn for a few years at least and start by Olo Shalteira. He said that was the minig of everybody. It was a chiddush nifla to a lot of people. They thought that was just in America. And now people are getting married and going straight to work. This is uh, what for? A little mysterious nefesh start out. A little, no one's starving yet. Or push it as far as you can and he writes a whole whole on that. That was his complaint in his time. That's the same Yenis Naivishitz in the beginning of our Hochus Kibbutz who complained that in our generation the kids are now demanding respect from the parents, and the parents are tiptoeing around their kids and walking on eggshells. And he told over a Misa where one perm, uh, one of the children got a shalach monos and there wasn't, according to his liking, there wasn't enough popcorn or chocolate in there. And he decided to boycott his parents' uh, perm. So the, the time of Yenis and Ivishitz. So he said, the world's upside down. 
So just Lasabra uh, Saizen, for people who think that there's a Anaya Misa, yes, it was uh, before the war, not that people were sitting and learning at all, before the war, most people were going off the derech because uh, Haskalah and persecution and poverty was taking its toll. So Aaron had to bring the concept to America. He didn't invent the concept. That's an important uh, thing to keep in mind. And in case you wonder, well, maybe that's only about the Ashkenazim. So now you hear from Esfardi Gadol. His time people very poor also. First thing is you got to try to educate them and teach them and have them learn as much as they can. So it shouldn't be Amaratzim. He says, the person who's not holding by learning can't keep his Yerushalayim and will lose his focus in life. Pretty strong statement. Uh, but the Chazal make the statement. At the end of the day, why can't you be a Bore Amaretz and be a Tzaddik? The answer is, it can happen to the best of your ability. You'll try to think you're doing the right thing, but at the end of the day, you're not going to have that moral compass. And you can't excel in Tyre Mitzvahs that learning besides the fact that you're not learning, which itself is deleting the main mitzvah. And if you can't have all your children learning long-term, this was standard. They had a number of children, at least one. That's not, by the way, don't anybody get any bright ideas. That's not a limitation. We're not putting a cap on that. They're <laughs> just saying that at least try to maneuver it that one, everybody's cut out to sit and learn so long. But try to, try to cultivate it if you have five, but at least one for the family, just for the schuss of the family. And all of them. If you have to fast, Davin, give stucker. I would say before all these, you also got to learn yourself. The more they see it, the more they'll grow into it. That's a frightening line. You should daven and fast and uh, raise the bar in your own learning that your own averus from Shonim Kadmaniya shouldn't block this tremendous chus. And this is written in various ways by many achreinim. They say, Avad, you have to train all of them. Nobody should be not married. They should be holding a learning. And even if they're not going to hold a learning long term, at least one, which was Yaakov who said, he had 12 children. He selected two to be Klikadish fully. And the rest were just the regular Balabatim of the Rambam, nine hours of learning and three hours of working. The Rambam's regular Balabas. So everybody else uh, understood that in the family you have to do something to have that schus for the family. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. Again, it's not a cap, but an important thing to keep in mind. Let me just go two minutes longer, flip to page uh, Yudbeis, the other side. I just want to read two more lines to this entry where he recaps the Gamava, last paragraph in the entry on Yudbeis. Second paragraph down. The Ava of children at the end of the day is a natural Ava. Goyim have it, Yidin have it, Fry from. The Ava is not so you should have cute children and play with them, although playing with them is an important aspect of the child-rearing. The main Ava, has to come from Avas Hashem. Purpose is to raise from people, so you have more people working, so to speak, 
for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ki Zeh Kol Pri HaBonam V'Abonam Sh'yaitzim Mitzayin Kanayim, Sh'yabonam La'eman Ba'am Ehed Detoiv M'Mitziyat Sarah. It's a very important line. I'm not even going to translate that now, because we'll be here for another hour. L'chein Zeh Yeh Kol Magmosa Ba'avaz Bonav L'kayim Mitzis Baro L'asas Nachas Ruch L'Yetzer. If the Ava comes from the right place, and that is Ava Hashem, then they'll be raised, hopefully, with the proper balance. If it comes from the Ava, which is an extension of Ava's Atzmi, from yourself for selfish reasons, so then you don't want it to be painful, and you'll spoil them too much, and you'll forget about the real Matarav, why they're here, and the Hemshech Haderis. On that positive note, we'll continue Mitzvah Hashem next week.